Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. To Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, private wealth advisor with Align, and this is the February 11th show that's also known as our big game show with the big football championship coming up this weekend between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, up until yesterday, the market had been uh, riding really a uh, almost double-digit day winning streak. But when the hot inflation numbers came out uh, in the morning and the uh, 10-year Treasury went above 2%, uh, up almost 10 basis points on the day, uh, sell-off started as uh, market participants may be fearing the Fed could become more aggressive than they originally stated. Uh, the inflation numbers that sent everybody into a tizzy were above even uh, the most uh, aggressive forecast. And that also has been the trend for really uh, maybe the last five months readings uh, back to back to back to back to back. Uh, so, you know, if you're reading at home, keep, keep in mind uh, the way we measure inflation here in the U.S. is a long math problem that has uh, more than anything – uh, 40% weighting in the housing market. And uh, houses have gone up as real estate values have gone up. But keep in mind, too, the commodity du jour of this show that we watch every day, lumber, again on Thursday, traded limit up $45 to just under $1,250 per 1,000 board feet um, for lumber. So as lumber prices and other prices go up, uh, all the input costs into houses – um, you know, we may have several more months of really hot inflation numbers. Keep in mind as well, gold took a little bit of a uh, breather on Thursday, down about six dollars in the uh, cash session, to right around eighteen dollars and twenty-five dollars, eighteen hundred twenty-five dollars an ounce. Uh, but it was a big day, uh, big red day for most types of stocks, with the exception of stocks tied to the uh, commodity space, uh, materials. Etc. A couple of financial stocks uh, also did well. Really big story that came out overnight was the uh, government's plan to uh, look at uh, placing charging stations along the U.S. Uh, interstate uh, situation. So if you've been a watcher and waiter for uh, buying an electric vehicle uh, because you want to uh, be able to plan your trips and charge accordingly, um, take a look at that story. You can probably Google it and find it several places. In today's show, we'll have a deeper dive into the financials of the big game, uh, going from everything uh, soup to nuts, uh, what we eat, what we drink, how much tickets are, and even the bling-bling uh, post-game that gets brought out. We'll also take and answer your questions that you send in on the uh, email bag segment and a deeper dive in the market, uh, especially looking at the aforementioned gold, um, which is the granddaddy of all commodities. And gold's been around for a long, long time, folks. So keep listening. We've got a great show for you. And just remember, you're listening to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management, and we'll be back in 60 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? 
Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And this is our second segment where we take a deeper dive into some investment topics um, each show. And as a reminder, this isn't a solicitation to buy or sell anything, just facts that uh, you know a little bit entertaining and ones that you can use. Now, this week, we're going to go into a little bit in the commodity space. And, and as I said at the top of the show, lumber prices have uh, been on a torrid pace uh, as the stock market has recovered, trading close to limit up uh, every day for one, basically about five or six days in a row. Um, you know, lumber this week was back over $1,200 an ounce. And what we'll take a deeper dive in is yellow gold, uh, the spot price of uh, gold, which is uh, the things of many people's dreams, are something we'll take a deeper dive in looking at uh, that today, and this comes from our friends at Ameriprise Financial, uh, where they're uh, posing the question, are we in the golden age or is it pyrite? Uh, recently, uh, there was a published report in the annual sector insight on gold for 2022. In 2021, gold was characterized as prices falling into what was a golden slumber, where gold prices really kind of traded in a pretty tight range between 1700 and a little bit over 1800. Uh, Ameriprise's base case average price was around 1750 per ounce, and that was, in fact, realized. Looking ahead to this year in 2022, they are taking a slightly more negative view on gold prices, even though the bell curve of outcomes is like 2021. They believe the pace of global central bank interest rate tightening to fight inflationary pressures could persist, making gold a little bit less attractive to investors in 2022. Let's look at four things that could impact uh, gold prices. First, record budget deficits due to pandemic stimulus. Uh, that's typically a big macroeconomic factor that could be bearish to gold prices. Secondly, stock, mac- start stock market valuations, uh, which are below 2021's peak, remain elevated on a historical basis. Three, Cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, are a competitive digital and disruptive threat to traditional physical gold. Ameriprise believes the threat exists despite cryptocurrencies' limited use as a medium of exchange and extreme price volatility. Fourth and finally, central bank intervention. Uh, In Ameriprise's opinion, central bank actions could have the most adverse impact on gold prices in 2022. Historically, gold prices have faced headwinds as market interest rates or real rates rise. Uh, They've definitely risen this year. Uh, But thus far, gold prices have hung in there uh, at the aforementioned um, over $1,800 an ounce. As rates rise, the yield on U.S. Treasuries, as an example, could become more attractive to potential investors that sometimes invest in gold. 
With gold prices in U.S. dollars averaging a figure at or above $1,800 an ounce, Ameriprise forecast a full-year average of around $1,650 per ounce. And below uh, what I'll get into in a little bit is kind of the five years of price data which, in Ameriprise's view, illustrates the departure for gold prices experienced in 2021 versus prior years related to the pandemic and historically low interest rates. Given some of the scenarios uh, they've discussed, uh, here's a couple of their projected range of outcome. The upper limit uh, for 2022, they believe, is about 1850 per, per ounce. And under this scenario, um, the pandemic waves become more pronounced stalling interest rate increases. Currently, as I said, midweek, we're at 1831 an ounce. The lower limit they see is a whopping 1450 an ounce, which reflects uh, their expectations of a multi-year cycle of rate tightening. And finally, their base case is 1650 an ounce, which is down about $100 an ounce from their 2020 view as the expected indicated price for gold and reduced demand. Um, Specifically speaking, experience would probably play in when we've run up to all-time highs in gold prices. It's been when there's been multiple factors uh, focused on uh, high degrees of uncertainty, uh, you know, pandemic, geopolitical risk. Uh, but more importantly, um, experience has taught us that maybe it's the geography of where these factors disseminate creating no safe haven anywhere else uh, around the world. The last time we had a spike in gold prices, we had some economic problems obviously going on here and in Europe, uh, and the Japanese economy was not that much of a safe haven. So money that's flowing in the global financial system basically settled in with gold. That was a time when cryptocurrencies weren't as pronounced and uh, ubiquitous as they are now. So we'll see what happens for the yellow middle as we go on. But definitely there's a lot of gold bugs out there that still believe the best way to uh, protect your assets from inflation is with an ounce of gold. Keep listening to Financial Fridays. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And this is our financial planning segment. And because the big game is coming up uh, over the weekend, we will focus this segment today on some of the financial facts about the Super Bowl uh, provided by our friends uh, at MoneyWise and the Wall Street Journal. So let's start with how much does it cost to get into the game. Uh, currently, uh, Super Bowl tickets for this year's game – According to Tip, Tick Pick co-founder Brett Goldberg says the average price is around $7,300 each. That's the average 
price. Uh, back in 2018, face value prices started at 950 for the nosebleed seats and went up to 5000 for club level. So uh, from 2018 to now, that's four years, um, you know, that would put your average price just back in the napkin at three thousand. You've had over one hundred and fifty percent price increase. Um, if you were ha- lucky enough to watch the first Super Bowl played in nineteen sixty seven at the L.A. Coliseum, um, seats were six dollars. Uh, based on inflation, that's about forty six dollars in today's money. But the actual vintage tickets are worth a whole lot more if you hold on to those. Uh, a ticket for Super Bowl one last sold at an auction in 2015 for more than $26,000. And that's a game that the uh, Packers beat the Chiefs 35-10. to 10. Um, So we can also look at Super Bowl ad rates today. So as you know, the Super Bowl reaches more than 1 billion viewers, and the average cost of running a 30-second commercial has reached a staggering $5.24 million. That's according to Cantor Media, and that's about $175,000 per second if you're um, keeping score at home, and those have doubled over the last 10 years. Uh, years ago, advertisers paid just $42,000 for a 30-second ad in the first Super Bowl, and with inflation, that would be $321,000 today. Now, Bear Giant, Anheuser-Busch InBev, has been the largest Super Bowl advertiser for years. That makes perfect sense. Beer is America's biggest Super Bowl-related expense. Uh, as a country, we spent $1.3 billion for beers for the 2017 Super Bowl, according to to, to Nielsen. One widely quoted figure has it that the nation guzzles 32.5 million gallons of beer on Super Bowl Sunday alone, though Men's Journal did, did the math and says that works out to an unbelievable 10 cans for every man, woman, and child in the U.S. Uh, so that may be uh, an oversimplification. Uh, the next thing that we spend a lot of money on in the Super Bowl is chicken wings. And we do literally put away tons of chicken wings on game day. Some 1.37 billion wings, says the National Chicken Council. So if you were to take all the wings scarfed down during the last Super Bowl and lay them end to end, they would go around the earth three times, uh, according to that trade group. And now let's talk about uh, our friends out in the desert. And this means the Super Bowl usually attracts more betting than any other sporting event. Last year, fans wagered more than $4.75 billion on the game, most of that illegally, says the American Gaming Association. If you win big in your office pool, you're kind of technically supposed to report your winnings to the IRS. Uh, just remember that. Now, the players on opposing teams get the same sweet perk during Super Bowl week. Each receives a loaner car that he can tool around in. Uh, Marlon Jackson, who played for the Indianapolis Colts in Super Bowl 61, tells the Reader's Digest he got to drive an Escalade uh, Cadillac's flagship model ahead of the game in 2007. And at the time, those prices of cars were $55,000. About a quarter of the Super Bowl TV viewers say the commercials are the main reason they tune in. They're not everyday Super Bowl, uh, let's say, football watchers. But... The National Retail Federation survey found most people watch the commercials strictly for their entertainment value, and only one in ten say the ads actually get them motivated to buy stuff. So 
what do they pay the ha- halftime acts? Um, Super Bowl halftime performers in the past, like Maroon 5 and Justin Timberlake, aren't paid a cent for the high-pressure gig as the NFL covers their only expenses and production cost. But the exposure to these artists is worth far more than any performance fee. Halftime shows often score better ratings than the actual game, and the artists get a nice spike in music sales. Immediately following his halftime show in 2014, Bruno Mars sold five times as many albums as he did during the previous week, according to Billboard. Uh, this kind of goes into my Tuesday Drewsday post, um, and let's talk about the lagging effects or otherwise known as hangover effects. A survey in 2018 estimated that about 14 million Americans were planning to call off sick on Monday following the Super Bowl, and one in five working adults fessed up to missing work on a previous day after the big game. Another 25% said Super Bowl Monday should be declared a national holiday. So... According to uh, employment firm Challenger Gray and Christmas, that right now lost productivity on that Monday cost U.S. employers almost $1.75 billion. The Super Bowl uh, that's going to be held in Los Angeles this year um, is a big boon to local economies, and some say it could have an economic impact over $200 million and north of $300 million. Uh, it's a payday for the players as well as basically, um, you know, the winners pocket a very nice six-figure uh, bonus, whereas the um, losers get right at half what the winners get. And this is uh, not including other playoff bonuses and over a fifty to $60,000 conference championship win bonus. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl rings. Uh, for the winning side, uh, the NFL kicks in up to $5,000 each for as many as 150 Super Bowl rings. Teams cover any additional cost. Uh, the league pays half as much for the rings for members of the losing team. Uh, the winner's Vince Lombardi trophy weighs about seven pounds and is made by Tiffany and Company at a cost that is reportedly over $25,000. Uh, you know, a couple of the things that we'll finish on is, is currently um, rings do have a pretty good aftermarket value. And accordingly, uh, the record price at auction for a ring was a uh, $230,000 ring that was awarded to Lawrence Taylor for his win in Super Bowl twenty five. Um, Taylor had given the ring to his son who decided to pawn it. And LT was cool with that, and uh, that's what came about. Finally, let's see. There used to be a Super Bowl factor in the stock markets, but according to something called Super Bowl Stock Market Indicator, a winning day for the NFC team is better for Wall Street than the AFC if the AFC wins. The indicator says stocks will go down if if, if basically the Cincinnati Bengals win, but will go up if the Rams win win and ends up going to Disney World. It's a silly superstition, but it's been right 80% of the time. Keep listening to Financial Fridays. We'll be back in 60 seconds after a word from our sponsors. What do you want to do when you grow up? 
When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I am your host, Drew Watson, and this is the email bag segment of the show where we answer your questions regarding financial planning topics. And as a reminder, feel free to email those questions to me at william.a.watson at ampf.com. And the question today comes from those shoppers at uh, supermarkets uh, here in Owensboro, Kentucky. And we've had several questions and comments about the fact that things are harder to find and the shelves are empty. And it's uh, a combination of items, everything from avocados to Zesta crackers. That's A to Z if you're listening at home. And Drew, why is this going on? Well, if you have been in uh, Central Owensboro shopping, you know occasionally uh, not only do you have to uh, contend with long lines at the checkout, but also empty shelves. So let's take a deeper dive into this. A couple things are happening uh, for manufacturers and food producers uh, at the same time, and it's a combination of employees being chronically out uh, with COVID infections to try to uh, – you know, uh, oblige the COVID mandates and what to do if you've been exposed or if you test positive and perhaps supply chain kinks that make obtaining uh, what was once considered everyday uh, products uh, more and more difficult. Uh, a lot of the uh, local larger manufacturing employers that we've dealt with, especially uh in the more uh, lower end of the wage scale are having a difficult time having more than uh, 85% of their workforce uh, in every day and working. So if you had a business, let's say your business was procuring uh, steaks or, or meat to be sold through grocery store chains, what we know is the most expensive cut of meat is tenderloin and your cheapest stuff may be some ground beef or, or other things. If you are, uh, if 20 or 25% of your workforce is not able to show up for work, you're going to be spending your workforce's time and all that energy trying to produce the goods that make you the most money. Uh, and, and we've seen this all across America, everything from biscuit makers to uh, lunch meat makers to General Motors, uh, you know, for example, you know, at their plant down in our location in Columbia, 
you know, the uh, Escalade and Suburban lines are running full steam. And if there's a shortage of people, the lines that get uh, the short shrift are the ones making the smaller SUVs just because uh, they're less profitable than the larger ones. The same factors are at play in our food industry. So some of the more high-end foods that people, the manufacturers have higher gross margins in, uh, there appears to be plenty of those. Uh, and the prices have gone up, increasing their margin, whereas some of the more everyday items are having difficulties. You know, for example, uh, the local warehouse store is going to be out of chicken now for maybe a few weeks uh, due to uh, potentially uh, issues changing uh, from their chicken supplier. We know uh, here in uh, western Kentucky, Tyson Foods has laid off over 200 people as they are making a change in focus to uh, beef up plants, no pun intended, that make the pre-cooked nuggets that sell at uh, sometimes uh, you know 50% to double the price of some of the food that was being produced at the Kentucky plants. So food suppliers are changing their production <clears throat> schedules to fit more in line with the the raw product they have coming in and also their staff they have to man that. Now, a couple things can ease these shortages, and, and I would say, and I'll get into why this is all inflationary in the beginning. First and foremost, I think you're seeing now some states reconsider their COVID uh, policies. And, you know, as I said, you know, about a year and a half ago on this show, the the Black Plague ended uh, in Renaissance Italy when people who had no idea even what germs were or what a microscope was just decided to leave their house. Uh, and uh, if you travel over to Italy and, and some of the places that were impacted by the plague you know, those hundreds of years ago, they'll all tell you the same story. People didn't know if they were going to die or live when they walked out of their house, but there just came a time where they knew they had to go on living, uh, and they just walked outside and nobody died and they just moved on. So eventually with this pandemic, in a certain extent, that's what will happen again is people will just say, look, this is going to be part of life. They'll make the calculated decision to just go outside and, uh, you know, hopefully with some advances in medicine and pharmacology, we'll be able to take a pill if you get sick. But in generally, at some point, all great pandemics and plagues end just with people being tired of the quarantining measures and impacts of their daily life, and they'll just take the gamble to walk outside. So one, once that happens, that will free up more of a workforce to be in day-to-day that produces this food and other items for us. And then two, some of the supply chain issues should also ease because every step of the way people have been impacted uh, in, in getting this stuff to market. Now, you know, a lot of our farming with grains, uh, those are, you know, especially grains, not multi-dozen or hundreds of people operations. It begins with a lot of times a single farmer, maybe a farmhand or two, and a lot of up-to-date John Deere equipment to get that uh, beans and corn and, and wheat to market. But then every step of the way in the supply chain, more people are involved. Uh, in the what I would call meat industry, that's more people-centric, especially at the processing plants of, of cows, chickens, hogs, etc. 
that's why we've had a shortage and, and more than likely a large run-up in prices as well. But as the pandemic wanes, uh, there should be a double tailwind, so to speak, because at every step along the supply chain, I think we'll see this take place. The food business should pick up faster than the semiconductor business because we do produce probably a uh, high percentage of not just our own food, but the world's food. So we're not going to be held hostage uh, with our basic necessities having to come across some border or be shipped here. Uh, the one uh, contrary example may be avocados. A lot of those come from Mexico. And if you're like our family, we've found ways to put avocados and everything from salad to toast uh, along with um, guacamole dip. But most everyday items we should start seeing in ease once – the pandemic restrictions ease. It won't be immediate because there'll be a lag of, of somewhere between, you know, four to eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks, but, but things will get up and running. On the more imported items for us, there again will be a little bit at the uh, mercy of the supply train, supply chain and how those get here either by truck or by ocean going liner. Uh, speaking of trucks, if we're getting anything from Canada, I expect that timeline and those prices to go up as the Canadian truckers uh, have, you know, expressed with civil dis disobedience uh, their displeasure with the Trudeau government on how they've handled the pandemic and wanting them to be all vaccinated. Um, so we'll discover how that plays out over the coming weeks. And to close with this, the reason why this is inflationary goes back to my first point. If manufacturers focus on making their highest margin goods, those are typically also their highest price goods. And uh, certainly they're going to need to keep prices up and the demand is there to do so on those goods in order to kind of balance the books, so to speak, uh, and and keep the money coming in as they did in the past. And if uh, only higher price goods are sold, then prices will go higher. But uh, as a you know, good colleague of mine always said, the, the cure for low prices is low prices, and the cure for high prices is high prices. So somewhere in the middle, we'll settle out. And we'll be back same time, same station next week. Have a great weekend and enjoy the big game uh, on Sunday night. And hopefully uh, we'll have a great one between the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, we'll talk about it next week. This is WOMI Owensboro.